Hey, Miles. Yeah, Cam. Have you ever heard of Carmen San Diego? Yes, I have heard of Carmen San Diego. I've only grown up with Carmen San Diego. Ah, but have you seen the new Netflix Carmen San Diego? What? Like, when are we going to stop redoing the good stuff and start redoing the stuff that was poorly done with a good idea? I don't know. Hello, people of the internet, and welcome back to Inconceivable Media. I'm Cam. And I'm Miles. And this week, I introduce Miles to the latest installment in the Carmen Sandiego franchise. Carmen Sandiego, the Netflix series that first came to us in 2019 and was brought to us thanks to publishers Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. I hope I'm saying that correctly and Wild Brain Studios as the animation studio. That's a bit of a mouthful, but uh, there's going to be quite a few mouthfuls as we get into this. This series is very much a love letter to Carmen Sandiego in, like, everything that it is that was a staple in many children's houses, whether through one of the earlier TV shows, as we alluded to in the intro, or the many, many, Many games. Games that continue to come out even in the 2020s. That, of course, means that there are actually a lot of callbacks to earlier entries in this series. So like I said, like huge love letter to everything, even down to using legacy characters from all over the place. Now, we're going to get to that, but of course, the first important question, Miles, is are you enjoying it so far? For the most part, yes. However... There is something I'm not enjoying. I'm not a big fan of that Boston accent that they always use. No? Well, that's too bad, because unfortunately those two characters are going to be there in every episode. But is that taking you out of the show entirely? Every now and then it does, but it's just a personal gripe with that accent. Okay, Uh, what about the rest of the show then? Um... I agree that it is an amazing love letter to Carmen Sandiego. If you don't know anything about Carmen Sandiego, you should still check it out. And for those of you who do have any connection to the woman cloaked in red, uh, you would probably love this show as much as I do. So that's a recommendation from you then, right? Yes, but only if they have children. Only if, what do you mean, only if they have children? What? What do you mean by that, Miles? Like, it. I like my shows, uh, like if they're kids shows, to have some depth to them, like She-Ra and Centaur World, uh, Over the Garden Wall, Bread Wall, but this one doesn't seem to have anything like that, so I don't know. Uh, I Okay, I think that's just something that we're going to have to agree to disagree on, Miles, but, uh, you know, maybe we'll do that while, you know, the music's playing for the... Sp- for the break because we're going to go away and then we're going to come back to dive into the first four episodes of season one of Carmen Sandiego. Okay, welcome back and 
we're just going to dive right into, like I said, the first four episodes of season one of Carmen San Diego. Now, right off the top, we are in a very different world from what has come before because Carmen is now the focal character and she's actively working against Vile as opposed to working for them or being in charge of them or, you know, just being affiliated with them in some form. Well, let's be honest with each other here, Cameron. She was raised by the people in Vile. She was taken there. So if you ask me, she could still be working for them without realizing it. Or what I think is happening is she's been heavily influenced by one of the members of Vile who's sick and tired of being the bad guy or girl or whatever. Right. And kind of possibly subconsciously told and taught her uh, how to be better while she's still kind of a villain. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. So you're saying, despite the fact that she's turned away from Vile so far, that she still might not necessarily be an entirely good person, despite the whole Robin Hood thing that she's got going on, right? Possibly. I mean, if you want to get super meta about this, this could be just the way she portrays herself. Ah, you know, we're, we're seeing everything through her eyes mm-hmm. and therefore this is the story from her point of view. And of course, from her point of view, she's the good guy. She's going after the big, the big daddy, even though she is embezzling money to live and travel all over the place. Yes, that is a very, very good point, especially since she's not exactly jetting around the world going coach. As far as we know. Well, so and even if you are jetting around the world doing as much as she does, going as far as she has, that's still not good for anybody. Well, and I mean, that's not exactly something that you can just do on the cheap either, even if you are just slumming it in a coach. Yeah. Not even in Economy Plus. Like just the passports alone, seriously. Yeah, that's that's very true. Being um, a criminal's not cheap, my friend. You got to pay good money to <laughs> keep your identity hidden. Well, on that note, I may as well just kind of dive into talking more about the who's who of Carmen Sandiego. Uh, so, I mean, we'll start right at the top with Carmen Sandiego, uh, or also known as Black Sheep from the Vile People. Uh, she's voiced by Gina Rodriguez, um, who I think most people know because she was Jane the Virgin. She- and she's also in, um, in Annihilation. Oh, she is? Yeah. Oh, mm, nice. That's, I haven't, uh, well, I haven't really done too much with that yet, so I wouldn't have really noticed that. To be honest, this is actually the first thing that I've watched that I actually specifically know her as because I never watched Jane the Virgin. I know about it because lots of people talked about it, but it wasn't my thing, so I didn't watch it. But whatever, that, that's something else. So she's Carmen Sandiego. She is the woman in red and everything that that entails, but that's not necessarily the start. Again, this is very different from anything that has ever happened with Carmen Sandiego because we actually get to see kind of how she grows up. In pretty much every iteration of this, Carmen Sandiego is just the head of Vile or whatever, and you have to go and stop her. Maybe every so often they might have some little teensy teases for a backstory or something but nope right here she comes to vile island as baby and she's raised on the isle of vile 
And then she finds a way to escape. And she decides that she doesn't want to do evil anymore and work against them. I think she made that up before she left, though. I mean, that is a very good point. And we would probably say that we could thank that to uh, one of the other people. But we'll get to them in a second. Oh, actually, this starts to make sense now. (laughs) She's being rebellious. Well, I mean, she Uh... is... I think she's only like 17 or 18 or something when she leaves the island. It's but I can't remember exactly. the same reason why Christianity came to be a thing. Because what would dad think? <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Moving on from her and kind of going through the other people. May as well stick with the vile people for the moment. So we've got the main faculty. So... Starting with uh, Professor Gunnar Melstrom, who's voiced by Liam O'Brien, which is another familiar name for a lot of people for voice acting and whatnot. Isn't he Vex in uh, Vox Machina? In what now? Vex in Vox Machina. What's Vox Machina? Okay, we're going to have to do another episode here. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. Put it to the list. (laughs) Will do. uh, But I I guess there you go. I guess he must be another main character. So Professor Maelstrom is, I guess we could say he's the mastermind of this. His skill set seems to be everything that has to do with planning to make sure that everything goes over well. So he's the planning guy, not necessarily the tech person. That's somebody else. Uh, we also have Coach Brunt, who's voiced by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. And she she is absolutely the muscle. She's the one who teaches them how to fight and how to get around the way they do. But she also seems to have a soft spot for Carmen, and she always looks after her. I'd say her stomach's kind of a, hot, a soft spot. How can you say that, considering that she's, like, built like a... She's built like a sumo wrestler. Yeah. You, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call those guys soft. Uh, they look soft. Uh, look, look, that's important. Yes, yes, look is important. Uh, then we also, although speaking of looks, then we also have Countess Cleo, who is voiced by, oh boy, I'm going to butcher this, and I apologize, Tox Olagundoya. It's Nigerian. I'm trying my best here. You who, probably did a better job than I would have. Fair enough. <clears throat> so she is the fashionista. And so she's the one who's all about, you know, dress for success and everything like that. Accessorize, those sorts of things. And also, she really likes pretty things. So as the series goes on, anytime Carmen has to go and steal back a piece of art or something like that, or disturb some kind of like an auction or something like that, it's probably Cleo that she's going to be messing with. And then the last of the main vile people we have is Dr. Sarah Bellum, who's voiced by Sharon Mutu. And right here, we've got our first real introduction of something that Carmen Sandiego is known for. And I know it's something that you love, Miles. It's not that I love it. It's more of the fact that, like, it's part of my nature. I mean, my last name is Whit Ford. That's, yep, very true, very true. Um, and uh, Consider that part of the punishment. Yes, I will. 
I very much will, because I have a feeling that I'm going to have to put up with, I'm going to have to tolerate a whole lot of that for this episode. <laughs> More so than other episodes. Uh, so, yeah, Sarah Bellum is the, the tinkerer. She's the one who builds all of the different devices and things like that that everybody uses. And while she's also the tech person, she also is easily distracted. She also seems to get easily distracted by lolcats and other meme things. So these are the people that effectively raised Carmen because, as we learn through the first two episodes, Vile is a school. So people come in, they get trained, and then they leave. I don't necessarily know if they always leave fully intact because I get the feeling that if you don't actually pass to become an agent, you probably just vanish in a way. I mean, this is a kid's show, but come on, let's be real here. If people don't know who they are or what they're about, it's probably because those who don't make it don't make it. That's true, but at the same time, everybody who seemed to join them seems to know about them pretty well. So perhaps they're like a rumored uh, agency, sort of like a myth. That's pot. Oh, so you mean it might be sort of like uh, Men in Black kind of thing? You know, there might be rumors of people and you know disappearing or whatever, and so the the people that want to find it, they know where to look, right? Eventually, they'll and find then it. they might find it, or again, they might get disappeared. disappeared in a way. Whether that means that they just get their memory blanked, or whether that means that they. To be fair, no matter what happens, they disappear because when you become a man in black, you are no longer a person. That is true, too. That is true, too. So, but still, I completely forgot that there's another person on the faculty, although I think it makes sense because both he and Carmen absolutely despise each other. And that's Shadow-san, who is voiced by Paul Nakauchi who is the one who teaches them basically all of their thieving skills. And he's the one who deliberately sabotages her. It's true, but they're missing the most important person to teach them everything. Oh? They need, a, they need a bureaucrat <laughs> for the good old white crawler, collar crimes. <laughs> they don't have one. I, I want to see Keith from the Canadian <laughs> Aboriginal Affairs. <laughs> Oh, Big man. man who barely moves from his chair and says, okay, everybody, I'm going to teach you how to slowly drain bank accounts. Oh, man. Oh, God. Good old white-collar crime. I, I mean, I suppose, hmm, unless you were to say that maybe that's more uh, Maelstrom's department, in addition to the thinking and the planning and whatnot, perhaps he is more of the bureaucrat of them. I mean, because otherwise, he doesn't necessarily have a specific talent. Or, uh, that's not what I mean. Focus. <laughs> he, has a, he has all the focus. Because he's planning he's everything? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but, like, so, like, who's the one getting teaching them how to get all their passports and that? Would that be him? Um, I feel that that is entirely possible. Um because, again, we don't really see anybody else, but the thing with the faculty members is that they have their own things that you know, they focus on. 
you know, they probably do have a guy that does that, but, but we don't it's know too, because it's too real. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to so, show yeah, us. It's, it, yeah, this yeah. is just a kid's show. They don't want to get that real. <laughs> so they don't want to actually show you Bob, the bureaucrat who is just there and is just like, okay, everyone, when you do this, make sure that you do that. And you got to fill out all these forms and blah, 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 blah. Don't worry. We'll do most of the busy work for you, but you got to do this and you got to do that. Because otherwise, how the heck else are we going to find you when you screw up? And then we have to send the cleaners to collect you. So anyway, these five people are the ones that have raised her her entire life. But the interesting thing with Carmen is that she's still very much an enigma, at least at this point, because even Carmen is not her actual name. She ends up like choosing that after she leaves and they always refer to her as black sheep. Um, I mean, that kind of makes sense because before she was given the name, they kind of consider, I'd kind of consider her more of a pet than a person. That's a very, it's a good point. And yes, that is definitely something that we need to tackle, but we also need to tackle everyone else who is in this show. So, uh, when Carmen gets out, actually even before, when she is just kind of messing around as a, as a teen, she somehow is able to get a cell phone, and then she is contacted by uh, someone who uses their handle player, and another nice callback to everything, as far as Carmen Sandiego is concerned. There's always a player <laughs> who's always ordering the agents around and everything like that. Um, and in this case, Player happens to be a plucky little teenage hacker from Ontario. How nice of him. How nice of us Canadians, huh? So, does he know about the Black Flies then? Uh, probably. I mean, he's in Ontario. Maybe he knows the log grabber waltz. I don't know. I, I don't think he's an actual Canadian, to be honest. Because <laughs> whenever you look at the subtitles, he doesn't spell color with a U or favor with a U. <laughs> on top of that there isn't a single boot there so it's again it's kind of funny that you say that i mean because he's voiced by finn wolfhart who is proudly canadian although i feel like he's known more for probably his actual acting stuff because what wasn't he in stranger things yeah but they weren't that strange I mean, you know what the things are So, uh, Player is the person that originally kind of teams up with Carmen, or she teams up with him once she gets off of Vile. But then along the way, she comes along and she uh, starts working with two, uh, uh, a brother and a sister who are named Zach and Ivy. Another nice legacy from the cartoon series from the 90s that we grew up watching. They're, they're both their siblings again, although in this case, they are not Acme agents or Acme detectives like they were back then. In this case, Zach and Ivy are just two struggling brother and sister from uh, Boston. And that right there, I guess, is, you know, what you were saying before is it you, you don't like their accents, right? I'm not a fan of the Boston accent. It was wrecked for me way back when my friends used to always watch Sailor Moon. 
and her best friend had that oh, super annoying accent. The way she would always, the way she would always be t trying to like talk and like butt her way into everything. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's it's traumatic. That's beautiful. I mean, I I I understand because. <laughs> oh my god oh man i'm remembering that accent too oh that 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 accent is like notorious when it comes to dubs <sighs> not in a good way not not in a good way but interesting thing about the the case here is that uh ivy is voiced by abby trot and abby trot is from attleboro massachusetts which is I probably like an hour and a half drive away from Boston. So she's probably got a relatively authentic accent, especially compared to Michael Hawley, who voices Zach, who is an English voice actor. And I mean, he's not really affiliated with Boston anymore or kind of hasn't been for the past, I don't know, 270 some years or something like that. Yeah. It's probably why I don't like her accent as much as his or more. Yeah, it's probably why I'm more irritated by her accent than his. It's because hers is a little more authentic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like he does a good job with it, but her accent. Oh, it's I have a feeling harsh. that this probably comes down more to just the, the 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 intonation of the actors themselves. So just if someone has a harsher voice or even kind of like a uh, more shrilly voice or something like that, that probably has a large impact on it. Because um, I can understand what you mean by how, despite the fact that maybe someone doesn't have as thick an accent or something like that, they, their voice might still just be like, ah, doesn't matter what accent they're putting on. It's, I can't do this. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, I know what I don't like and I don't know why it's hers i don't like <laughs> fair enough fair enough you know we don't that is we don't need to dwell on that um and of course this wouldn't be carmen san diego if we didn't also have acme and in a surprisingly slight change uh, for something in the series acme now actually stands for something instead of it just being the acme detective agency it now stands for the agency to classify and monitor evildoers which I suppose also goes along with Vile, standing for Villains International League of Evil. Mm, great, we got to have the people that counteract the evil, huh? But now we're going to need a group of people to counteract those who are counteracting the evil. <laughs> well, and in a way, we are kind of there. Um, so we don't really get introduced to Acme immediately. I mean, there are various people that are after Carmen, but we don't get told that it's Acme specifically until uh, the episode that we just finished, episode four. And uh, you chose the worst man for the job. <laughs> well, I, well, I wouldn't say so. I mean, so you're you're talking about how we've got agents Chase Devino and uh, Julia Argent, who are both Interpol agents, who are being. It looks like they're being recruited by Acme, where we leave off. Yeah, well, Julia stands a good chance to be able to do something. Because she's actually good? She's competent. She's yep. very competent. Very, very competent. <laughs> Whereas but, uh, Chase... Chase is... He's always going to be chasing. It's, just, it's right it, there. It's right, it's right, right there in the name. 
Uh, so uh, Inspector Devino is voiced by Raphael Petardi and uh, Agent Argent is voiced by Charlotte Chung. And so when they are recruited by Acme, uh, we are introduced to the chief, bringing back, again, a nice staple of the series, um, this time portrayed by Don Lewis. So she appears by hologram as a nice uh, reference back to how the chief always appeared as a holographic head in the cartoon series from the 90s. But her actual appearance and the performance that Don Lewis does is much more familiar to anyone who would have watched the PBS game shows where Lynn Thigpen was the uh, was the chief. Did you what's your familiarity with like Carmen Sandiego as a series? Um, so you watched the cartoon, watched the cartoon, played yeah. some of the geographical games, one of the math games. Oh. Um the cartoon series, the oh, I said the cartoon series, yeah, uh, the game show series, so you and the board game, and there was one other thing. So you did watch like the 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 one that actually was like live and had kids and they had to answer questions and things like that. So that's you generally how a game show goes, Cameron. Yes, I know, but but you know who I'm talking about then when I'm talking about Lynn Thigpen's the chief, right? Oh, absolutely yes. not. Oh, well, it's been okay. so long since I've seen it, so I have no, like I I remember the I remember the chief, but I don't remember what she looks okay, like. Okay, all right, okay, okay, <laughs> that okay. Was, that was a long time ago. Fair enough. I mean that that is the reason why I ask is because I'm curious because I didn't watch it a whole lot. Actually, I don't think I watched it at all until I was maybe a teenager or an adult, and that was because thanks to YouTube introducing me to stuff for Carmen San Diego that was older than I was born, so. Then I got to find out about it, and it just kind of stuck with me as kind of like, wow, that is actually iconic in a way. But if you don't remember, that's that's okay. I just wanted to ask. So that, I'd say probably, we've gone through pretty much all the main people. I think that's all the important people. But I, I think just kind of thought that, what about Zach and Ivy? I mean, mm -hmm. it's kind of weird that she has them, but I have an idea of why she keeps them around to help her. You mean besides the fact that she needs help? Yes, but why she chose them specifically. Okay, but what's that? They're both redheads. Ah. She's got a thing for red, so... That checks out. That actually, that absolutely does check out. But, I mean... I mean, let's be honest. They're definitely not as good as her. I would argue that they're not even as good as the people that uh, they're up against. Ah! I don't know. I feel like they definitely can go toe to toe with uh, the eight with the vile agents that seem to always go after them. But I mean, of course, they're not as good as Carmen because that's her thing. Carmen San Diego is always better than everyone else. That's why she's the final person that you get at the end of the games and things like but that. But yet, but yet, she's not Acme because Acme is the best of the best. Well, that's true. Um, oh no! Did she get recruited by Acme? I, I, I can't answer that. We we're only four episodes in. <laughs> we haven't go. even <laughs> seen. We haven't even seen Chase and Julia officially get recruited. They've only been approached. 
Oh, oh, that, well, actually, that actually reminds me. There are some more important people that we need to talk about, which are the vile agents, as I had mentioned. Um, so at this point, we are only basically dealing with the people that she trained with. So we've got Tigress, who's voiced by Carrie Walgren, who is another veteran voice actress. Um, El Topo and Le Chevre, uh, voiced by An Andrew Pifko and Bernardo de Paula. And then we have Mime Bomb, who does not have a, vo a VA because he's a mime. I still think they should have put somebody in there. In fact, they probably <laughs> should have put somebody in there who is... Uh... Who is actually a mime? No, no, no. Somebody who, like, is a mute. Ah. Because, uh, let's be honest here. Sure, mimes don't talk. That's fine. They don't talk. If they do something that's strenuous, they might still huff and puff. If they fall, they might go, ah. They might not say anything, but they might still do vocal things. That's that's a very good point. Um, however, yes, my point is great. But I, but I, I, I'm just kind of going with what they had on Wikipedia, which is the fact that he has no credited actor, which of course means that they, even at points where he might, you know, get physical or anything like that, he makes no noise. I'm going to assume because again, you know, that's something that you could have done, and I know that that has been done in the past, like in video games and things like that. Even if your character never speaks they still uh, make noise and yeah. someone still had to actually voice the character to make those noises anyways and last but certainly not least we have crackle who's voiced by michael goldsmith so we've got crackle but where's snap and pop uh not here right now uh maybe they might bring a snap or a pop in because as of you know, the end of episode two, Crackle has is being decommissioned as a vile agent. Oh, so he's the one that snaps. You know what? I like that. I, I again, I can't necessarily say anything about whether he's necessarily going to come back or something like that. But, you know, if he did, if he does. That works. Well, technically, wasn't he also Australian? He is. Yes. So we wouldn't have a pop. We'd have a hop. Because of the kangaroos, right? You betcha. Ah, oh, God, of course you'd say that. Okay, let. I think we need to get out of this because, oh man, I think this is just going to. Ah, this is killing me slowly. <laughs> okay, now we finally got through all of the main people, so we can get on to talking about actual stuff within the show. Uh, so let's start with something that you have brought up quite a few times. So Carmen was found as a baby via Vile Agent and then brought to the Isle of Vile to just... Uh, we can just call that the Vyland. Okay, so she was brought to the Vyland, and, but she just has to live there, I guess. Uh, but you had said something earlier about her being a pet. So what did you mean by that? Well, the way everybody treats her, she's more of a puppy. Like, you're not supposed to be here. Get back to where you are. Or like, oh, good girl, here, have here's a treat. Or, you know you're being obnoxious and annoying everybody it's not so much that they show you really or they show them really raising her mm. so i would say on the on the violin she is a puppy although that is a very good point because 
when she's re- recalling her story, when she's sitting down with Crackle on the train, she says that she wasn't specifically raised by the people in the faculty. They kept bringing in different uh, um, governesses and uh, people to look after her who were all from different cultures. And that's why she is as worldly as she is, despite the fact that she's been on some uncharted island for her whole life. So this actually plays to it even more because what I would call those people, yep. just like Toffwood, they'd be handlers. Yep, yep. Obedience trainers, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, I mean, it kind of, so she's like, so she's a fixture on the island in a way, right? Yeah, she's kind of like a fish. I mean, like, with a fish, you can see that they're there to kind of move around, do their thing, but... That's it. Yeah, it's it's not <laughs> like they pet her or play with her or anything. That's true. It seems that the only person who really does, does that is Coach Brunt. Pretty much nobody else... Well, okay. So so Co- Coach Brunt is her, uh, her legal caretaker mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of... She's the one that kind of like keeps her from getting bullied or like really severely picked on. She's probably also a little bit of her enforcer doing the things, you know, hey, you're not supposed to be doing this. Don't do that. Right, right. This is an off limits zone. <laughs> Wait, this is reminding me. They said crime net. That was Acme, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yes, so, it yes, is. It is yeah. canon now that uh, that uh, the payday gang works with Acme. Oh, my God. Well, that's weird considering the whole deal with them is that uh they're all criminals you know you're cooking meth and things like that to be fair it's the perfect disguise if you are a criminal everybody's (laughs) gonna go oh they're criminals we can trust them because we're criminals Hmm. secretly they've been they've been playing the long con (laughs) and i mean it only makes more and more sense since uh bane bane becomes the president yeah right Oh God! Now we found another link into to bring, making a, another larger world. So now Payday and Carmen San Diego are connected, right? This is what you're trying to show me, Cameron. See, I'm catching on pretty quick. You know what? Considering how they dress, I would absolutely buy a DLC character that is Carmen San Diego. It would be really weird because now you know you're running around with guns and shooting people up. But But they're not people, Cameron. (laughs) We've been over this. They're just clones. They don't have souls. (laughs) Gen Sec is genetic security. They make the clones and they send them out. And that's why they're so incompetent. I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't see Carmen as being someone that would really get her hands dirty in that way. I, I think that she's too good of a person. You know what? Players, Bane. Okay. I get it. It it all makes sense now. I uh, uh, I guess so. Just to get ourselves back on uh, track here. I, uh... Well, what I was just saying about how Carmen is good, right? Yeah. I mean, it is kind of weird to me that she is how uh, good she is. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of alignment. Like, she's been raised... She's been surrounded by people who are not good people she's been surrounded by people who are like i mean let's face it evil Mm -hmm. they want to steal they want to rob maybe murder that Mm -hmm. might be on the table it might not it's probably in the desk 
or in, in the filing cabinet. It's not on the table. Again, I feel like this is probably something that does happen. They just don't talk about it because it's a kid's show. Yeah. So that's another <laughs> department that they left out. Um, but like, I would have, I would have honestly believed she would have been more like, she's more good than Andy Larkin. I thought Andy Larkin was a good person too. He's not cruel in his pranks necessarily. I mean, there are, are certain you kidding pe- me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> How, I mean, come when on. When was the last it's time not... you've seen this show, man? <laughs> well, from what I remember, usually, unless it's people that you know have slighted him in a way. I mean, it's one thing when it's his sister because it's his sister, but there are plenty of other times where when something is about to go bad or he realizes that, oh, no, this person does not deserve what I'm about to do to them, he will still go through with the prank, but he will try to find a way to not have it blow up on that person as much as it would have. So he's not, like, evil, evil. You know, he's, like, neutral evil. You you can kind of reel back a little bit. I don't know. He... I feel like... Carmen San Diego should be way worse than that because she's been surrounded by evil people all the time. Well, that's a good. That I mean, is, like yeah. it's kind of in their thing to like take from each other and that. Yeah, that's so, true. Like property is meant to be taken, not had. That is that. Yeah, that is true. Um, like it's real goblin brain out there. Well, on that note, um, do you have any theories about who would have been the one that brought her to the island? Um, so, I mean, she thinks it's Coach Brunt. And I it, that could be true. We don't know. We're only four episodes in. That's not something that you're just going to reveal this early in the show. But it could be someone else who's in the faculty. Or it could be someone... It could be someone who doesn't show up until like season three or something. I don't know. Obviously, it was Bane. Oh, God. Or Player, who is Bane. He's just using a voice modulator. Uh. <laughs> well, we do have holographic technology in this world. So exactly. even so. when we go back and see him as clearly a teenager in his room, that's just, you know, wheels within wheels, right? Exactly. It's just another <laughs> layer of defense. But uh, in all due reality, I think that the person that did bring her to the island was probably Cookie Booker. Yeah? Yes, because that name just rhymes too well. <laughs> that and, I mean, she uh, she does come to the island every year. That's true. And, and she did kind of help her leave because we never actually saw Carmen knock her out, hog tire, and throw all that her in stuff. the thing. So she could have been like, oh, I know what you're doing. Good on you. And then helped her out with all that and just played the dumb thing. I feel like that wouldn't be too bad of a way to go. I mean, again, I can't say yes or no to any of this because I can't, because I can't give this stuff away, but that would actually be really cool if they did, considering the fact that Cookie Booker is voiced by Rita Moreno, who was the same person who voiced Carmen Sandiego in the nineties cartoon. Well, you see, they're just passing down the cloak. I mean, the trench coat. uh, Yeah, and the fedora and everything. It's perfect, right? If that is the case, I think that that would actually be pretty cool. Like in the sense of she's the reason why she's there. Um, Thematically appropriate. But, you know, we can we can 
theorize all we want about that, but there are more important things that we can talk about with this. So what do you think about the animation style? Oh, I love the sharp, crisp edges. It's very nice, clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for some reason, it really makes me want to buy vehicle insurance. Why? Why vehicle insurance? Uh, I don't know. I, I can't give you any insurance. Why? Ah, 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 Miles. Ugh, why did I set you up for that? So you like the animation style. It's all nice, crisp and clean and everything, right? It is, but I do find that it is a little too clean. Like if you look around, there is no garbage anywhere, like anywhere. <laughs> I don't even think they have garbage. in. I didn't even, I don't even know if I've seen garbage cans. So I have to ask the question, how evil is this vile world? Because if vile's <laughs> actually there and it's this clean, Maybe it's not all that evil. Or <laughs> another case, it could be like Mirror's Edge. <laughs> wow. That's a, that that's another deep cut. Oh, very much so. I like, I, I'll let you I reflect like, on I that. Like, I like that thinking on that one, though, uh, for thinking about Mirror's Edge. Um, so one other, I, I guess another cool thing about this for keeping it in, you know, the edutainment area is that... We always get to learn something new about the place where we're going on our caper. What do you think about that? I mean, it's kind of, it, it's what Carmen Sandiego is known for. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they have to keep it and include it. Which, it's, it is kind of nice to, like, kind of teach kids around the, what the world is like. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest here. This show is kind of aimed towards people who aren't, who's, when they're kids, probably won't be able to get out and, do as much exploration so they can kind of learn a little bit about the cultures in that around the world. That's and uh, they might even see a culture that they come from. That Yes, that I is mean, very true. I was completely left out of this so far, so I hope eventually they will uh, come find me. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit everywhere. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I don't know if Vile would go after some like ancient bone arrow from the Cree nation. But Whoa. I mean... I mean, the, the Norse were pretty big ransackers, so I'm sure they'll, that'll come up every eventually. I mean, it's not like that's not something that we wouldn't do, considering the fact that just in the fourth episode, where they're in Ecuador, and the doubloon that they go after, they outright state many times that it has no real monetary value. It's highly valuable as a cultural uh, artifact. And then Maelstrom's just like, yep, and I'm going to, you know, just kind of shit all over that by melting it down into a pair of cufflinks because I'm evil. <laughs> That's the kind of evil I want to see in my villains. <laughs> just do them. Just, just do put, absolute petty stuff. Just right. Putting it right there. Yep. Just <laughs> absolutely. Just 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 lay it all down. There is just absolutely the most pettiest stuff you can ever get away with. And what's even better, just. Puns everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. You just can't get away from that. I did like that when they went to Indonesia and we found out that it wasn't that hard to get to because they didn't have all the bone to get through. All the what? The bone. Indonesia. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. That, that, that. Oh, man. That, that one took me a bit. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. That, that's good. I like that one. I'm not groaning too much of that one because I think that one's actually kind of clever. Still silly, of course, but... All, the, all my puns are clever. Mm, 
I think that's debatable. They're just different degrees of how, how soon you get it. That is definitely true. I mean, at some point, I almost wonder if we're some point just going to get a whole bunch of hate mail coming towards us that is either stop the puns or let the puns go and stop being mean to Miles because he keeps punning all the time. <laughs> Don't worry, it's very punitive. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it could be. It depends on which way we want to go with it. So, you definitely want to keep watching this, right? I'll keep going, but I don't know how long I can take this with that boxing accent. Maybe if you can get really good on the mute. It's, Ouch. It's, it's painful. It's very painful. And it's not the voice actor's fault. I'm going to say that. It's, it was one damn show, and it just ruined the whole thing for me. Now, now, which voice actor's fault? Are you referring to back in Sailor Moon, or are you talking about now in Carmen San Diego? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Keep that... it vague so nobody can get mad. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I don't know. I think that you'd probably get a kick out of this as we keep going. I mean, come on, we got to finish. We're, we're, we're pretty much halfway through, so we got to at least get to the end of season one. I will do my best. <laughs> Okay, I'll I'll say I will spoil a little bit in terms of how much character is there. You might as well not. No, no, no. I just mean in the sense that Ivy is around, yes, but I would say that she's not as bad because she's not there all the time as much in the first season. If we get past the first season and get into the second season, things might get a little bit more complicated there because there's a lot of time spent just with Carmen and her crew. Fair enough. For plot reasons that will come up as we get to the end of the first season. Well, it's good that you're sowing those seeds. I mean, I got to do something to keep you interested, right? I got to grow this, right? Exactly. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. No, no, I gotta, I gotta cultivate. <laughs> I need to cultivate. That's, that's more accurate. It's not just growing. There's more to it than that. <laughs> Look at that. I got you now. Some, if you can't beat them, you gotta join them. <laughs> or fight fire with fire. I don't know. All sorts of things. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think that'll about do it for this time. And uh, yeah, we will we'll have to come back to this hot topic. Yes. Are you what are you saying that something about how they dress now? You got a got a problem well, with how they dress? Lots of red and also you're fighting fire with fire. Yep. Mm hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I I would not go to hot topic to buy anything like that, though, because that's way too damn expensive. Anyways. We'll catch you the next time. I'm Miles. And I'm Cam. We'll see you soon. See ya.